0: Hi, friends. I'm Chandra Sanchez. And I'm Misha Lazera. And you're listening to Bandwives.
1: Chandra. Hello, Misha. How are you?
0: I am good. I am in my downstairs office today, where I am having many issues emotionally, physically, technically.
1: (laughs) We almost like have had to reschedule and cancel and all this stuff because New York is under duress. Mm -hmm. Our lives are unraveling in a very beautiful but chaotic
0: way. I know between your book deadline and my uh, you know downstairs basement river, we've really we got a lot going on. <laughs> but here we are, and I'm so happy to see you. So happy to see you. How has your week been?
1: I don't know. No, I'm I am i am just cut back. I don't know what's going on. You know, I'm the deadline, there's a lot going on. I'll be honest here. There's hormones right now this very day and that I don't want to underestimate how much that affects me because if I do that it's to my detriment and so I think there's that there's the book deadline that's just you know getting closer and closer there's nope just those two things (laughs) Adam got back though recently and I was like freaking out just over Cause I was alone. I was like days and days, you know, there's this laundry and dishes and and then writing and pick up and drop off. And I don't really know how to stop time, yeah. but I wish I did. And I think it's like meditate or blah, blah, blah. And I think sometimes it's, you just gotta like freak out. And so I just kind of freaked out last night and he was like, can I get you anything? And I said, no. And then he came back like 10 minutes later and gave me a hug and I felt so much better. This is great. You know, what's
0: funny is I literally had a moment this week that was similar, although Claudio's away Um, and he texted me in the morning, like super sweet. Good morning. Here's the thing. I'm working on this like just a mile a minute and they're on the West Coast. So I have already been awake for three hours and I want to like throw myself out a window. Uh, So we were in very different lands, you know, I'm like sanitizing the basement and they're standing upstairs and I'm just it's chaos. I'm trying to work, but I can't. Um, and I wrote him back and I was like, I am in a really bad fucking mood. <laughs> yeah. I will text you when I'm not gonna ruin our relationship. <laughs> yeah. Cause I'm like, I love you. I want to talk to you right now, but I am just gonna be a monster. And that like I don't feel like that very often, but goddamn. I woke up and it was just like, no, I can't world today. Um. Yeah. So I watched, you know, shows on the couch. Oh, good.
1: I I think I need a day where I do that, or I take a nap, or I. But I don't really allow myself to do that, and I think it's catching up to me.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And you know, I do a lot of the tarot, as I don't talk about it a lot, but I do it a lot. And you know, I keep getting the hermit card. It's <laughs> like what? go, go, child. And it's just a good reminder, you know. Not like tarot's fortune telling or um I don't, you know, I just like for for self-reflection. And I love how it's like, go be alone. You're gonna <laughs> your relationships.
0: You need that. It's like that article that I sent you the other day about
1: how mediums are the new therapists. Oh. Um, I never talked to a medium. And yeah. since we talked about it in the other episode, and then I went had a wine night with my friend, and she's like, We should find one. We haven't yet, but I, I want to. I sent you one last night. Who has a I'm podcast? Still... Yeah. Oh, I did. Was that the
0: Instagram? Yes. In my Upper East Side mom's group, somebody was like, This is my best friend. She's amazing. It's because they were talking about loss and somebody was looking for a medium. And I found her and she has a podcast. I um, think we should talk to her. I think we should get her on the show, but we should also just talk to her for life. Yes. All that. All that. Yes. Um. Yeah. But I think tarot, all of those things, they help you just see things a little bit more clearly. And if you're a person who's capable of taking that information, like taking the hermit and recognizing what it's trying to tell you,
1: that's all you need. It's (laughs) not hard right (laughs) now. Yeah. Yeah, I love it. I just love it for journaling um, because I like to journal every day and it just kind of gives you a different facet of reflection.
0: I envy people who journal every day. Oh, man.
1: I get too circular if I don't. There's dozens. I love this journey for you. But I have to burn them before, you know, I go because they would just like <laughs> pure chaos.
0: No, leave them to the <laughs> children. Nonsense. Just with a note that says find the thread. Yeah.
1: <laughs> They'll be like, mom's crazy. <laughs> a lot of um, yeah, I don't even know what I write about, just clear in my head. Yeah. What um
0: what are you juggling in addition this week? Anything exciting?
1: Um, I'm writing my novel. Um, a novel I haven't finished a draft for yet. And I just, I'm just enjoying that. That is really fun. But I think that, I don't know. I don't know if it's good to have sold a novel before you finish it or not, because I've done it both ways. And they're both writing can be really stressful, any job can be stressful. But it's like to have the deadline is maybe not good for me. But then on the other hand, I don't know if it's, if it, I would ever finish anything without it, or if I would be as dedicated or I'm just not sure. So I'm going to try the next time I'm going to write without even trying, I think to, to sell it on like a synopsis in 50 pages or whatever, and just see if I can be more chill. And then if I can't, then I know that I'm the common denominator full of chaos. (laughs) You know what I mean?
0: Well, I will do it both ways. My novel that I'm working on for myself, there's no deadline, but the novels that I work on for Coheed stuff, there's always a deadline. And it's usually a very tight deadline. So right now, for example, we're starting the third novella and there is like a deadline that is coming. And we literally are just like, just finished the outline. So um, having done it both ways, deadlines are the worst and they're so annoying, but that's the only way to really prioritize it, you know, because then it's like a job. It's a,
1: you know, it's...
0: As much as I hate it, and I'm like a toddler, and I'm like, I don't want this. I don't need a boss. I, do you do you a, I do. I found that for myself. So I'm curious to see what how, how this unfolds for you.
1: Yeah, it's so true about the prioritization. And that can be hard in a busy world. It can be hard for anyone, but it can definitely be hard for moms, and especially when your husband's traveling. you know. And so I agree that like saying it's my priority, knowing it's my job, knowing that I have people waiting for it, I'm trying to think of it as like, actually a good thing. And like, actually, it's probably positive, because it's just a a reframe. And I think it's probably more useful than to be stressed. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And then it'll be done. And it's gonna be great. I don't think that your writing will suffer in any way. It forces inspiration.
1: Yeah. No, Stephen King said, uh, he's, a, you know, he's a good writing coach. I'm he on, writes a lot yeah. about writing. And he said, if you, if you ever have a first draft that takes more than three months, that's probably too long. And I'm on month five or even six. So I'm like, okay, it's really time anyway, to just finish the, finish it and get, I have it, um, all the scenes and I've been, I brainstorm and I daydream about this characters constantly. So it's not like I don't have it in here. Mm-hmm. It just like has really got to come out. And so it's been, yeah, I think six months. So it's not like you know what I mean it's not like I'm pulling it out you know like dragging it out of the pit it's all there so it just needs to yeah yeah Yeah. so yeah I think it'll be great I'm I just love writing it's fun so
0: I know I this weekend was the first time well before the flood (laughs) before the flood because the flood happened on Friday and it started at like 10 a.m 9 a.m something like that um, so I had already like gotten Atlas on the bus. I sat down, I wrote for like 45 minutes. I was like, this is the best day ever. And then then chaos ensued. But yeah, I was like, man, this is great. This is what I miss.
1: Is it is everything okay in New York now? Everything's good.
0: Yeah. It was literally flash flooding for like 24 hours. And then you couldn't do anything because it was still raining so hard for so long. Um, that nobody could even like start cleaning up and I was like standing in the basement with my my babysitter Yuko, and she, she's like sitting on a mat on a bouncy ball on top of the shower drain that's like literally spurting water. I'm holding the back door, like patting it, and then finally I was like, "Should we go make some banana bread?" And she was like, "Yeah, I guess." I'm like, "We can't, we can't do, do anything. This is just happening." And the way out is through. That's it. I'm trying to be very zen about it. because It's really not that big a deal in the grand scheme of life, right? But everything is great now. It's beautiful outside. Uh, going to LA this weekend. Super excited. Uh, I will probably see Abby Wills, which will be awesome. And maybe Barbara Ann. <gasps> I know. Oh it'll be a, a, maybe a, a mini bandwives reunion at the show. So it's good. It's It'll be such a short trip, Friday to Sunday.
1: Oh, wow. <laughs> I know. It's the first time that I'm like, oh. I wondered about that because I know Comic-Con is coming up. And so I was like, wow, that's a real quick trip. Yeah, it's literally like yeah, two days and then we come
0: back. Yeah, Comic-Con kicks off. It's a busy, busy month for us. But I'm really excited because after this month, it's just going to be quiet. And it's going to be and I know there's Halloween people out there, but I just want Christmas to be there.
1: So sorry. I'm counting down the hours till November 1st and my tree is going up. I know. All right. Well, here comes our guest. I'm excited. Join us next August to discover the delicious vino of the Lisbon region on a six-day journey of creative exploration, wine tasting, and visits to the vineyards and producers of the area. In Portugal, our days will be filled with creativity, culture, libation, and good company, Discover more at linktree backslash bandwives and sign up for your next big adventure today. All right, so here we have, tell me if I pronounced the name correctly, Allie Westenberg Trippy. You actually got that right. It's been okay. butchered a million times, but you did great. <laughs> It's the four years of German I took. <laughs> <laughs> All right. She is a Florida native and loves living in St. Pete, like every single one of our other kids. <laughs> I feel like lives from Florida and we love it. All right. So you have a beautiful four-year-old daughter named Remy and her husband is Charles Trippy, who plays for We the Kings. They have a very unique and untraditional career where they document their daily lives every single day. They love to travel in RV or trailer. There's a passion for not only travel, but for animals and hope to one day own enough land to start your own animal rescue. Mm-hmm. Oh, Allie is outdoorsy and has a strange passion <laughs> for scaring the shit out of herself <laughs> by truly <laughs> pushing it to the limit. <laughs> Thank you so much for being here, Allie. Thank you so much. And
2: as you said that out loud, I'm like, wow, I sound ridiculous. (laughs) Nope. Nope. Sounds amazing. But thank you so much for having me.
0: Absolutely. We're so excited we made this work. We were just, you know, talking in a chaotic manner as I tried to figure out how to plug my mic in, like it's my first day at work, (laughs) um, about all of your travels this summer and you are just getting back and you're getting settled. And what else are you juggling this week?
2: I think the biggest thing is just like getting back into normalcy, um, you know, so the wonderful thing about what we do for a living is that we can do it anywhere, but getting back home, getting back into the routine of things is is big. My daughter is in school, so it's you know getting her used to that again, and um, we have a lot of projects that are coming up, so I think it's just kind of getting that organization back into our everyday swing of life. And it usually takes us a couple of days, but I think that's pretty much what we're getting into right now. Um, we're a big, also a big Halloween family. So we're like trying to get our house all ready because my daughter just loves it, loves to be a part of it. So, you know, I feel like it's the normal stuff. There's nothing too, too crazy, but it's just trying to get back into what we call like normalcy here in our house.
0: Is this the longest yeah. that you guys have done the RV? Honestly, I feel like, okay, so...
2: When we did our honeymoon we were gone for i think about five weeks yeah you know this would have been this would have been our longest one so six weeks is the longest that we've ever been away we've always wanted to go longer obviously with charts like schedule with bands and you know like tour and everything like that it's a little bit more difficult we've talked about doing it next summer and i just like kind of drive by myself and meet up wherever he is or if he has to leave he can fly out and then we'll stay in that place for an elongated time but this last trip was definitely our our longest one.
1: Do you think that that's six weeks is like the the max, or do you think you could you could push it and and try a little longer, or do you think like that's the sweet spot?
2: Honestly, I would go forever. <laughs> I don't think my husband would. It's we're very <laughs> different people. Where I I love being out in nature, and so does he, and so does my daughter. But it's more. He has to be connected in some way or another. And, and I also understand that because that's what our job entails is we have to be connected. Um, I personally, though, I would disconnect and be gone for six months and I would love it. It would be amazing for me and it would be I feel like amazing for our family. I think if our job allowed us to do it. We would do it. Um, but it's more me. I would definitely do it. I don't think he would. I think he would just be like, no, nope, I'm done. <laughs> Six weeks is a good
1: amount of time for him. Yeah. That's like the kind of a, a, the average tour. Interestingly mm-hmm. enough.
2: Yeah. So. Yeah. You, that is so true because he was saying something about how uh, whenever he is on tour, you know, they're on the buses and we all know how we feel about buses. I mean, at least I know how I feel about buses. I can only be on there for so long. Uh But I think that's exactly kind of what he was saying. He's like, I get to this point where I I feel like, okay, nothing feels comfortable to me anymore. Nothing makes me feel like I want to be here anymore. I can't enjoy myself. It's just, I got to go.
0: Yeah. I feel like that's also the point in the tour when they've accumulated so much shit. Everybody's got like (laughs) records they bought and other shoes. And like at the beginning, you know, everyone has a space for their things and it's somewhat organized. And it's just like a bomb went off at this point. And it's very unnerving and it smells so bad in there, no matter how
2: much they (laughs) clean. I'm like, God, I I just cannot. However, it's a lot different now that there are children involved, I think, in the bus. You know what I I mean? Do you know what I mean? Like, it used to be back in the day before kids, it was so gross and so smelly by a certain point. But now that there's children and family visiting, it's like, it's so much cleaner, it's so much nicer. Everything's like, there's children's things playing on the TV, there's toys everywhere. And everything's immaculate.
0: We should have done this way sooner. I know. What were we thinking? <laughs> Do you have Halloween costumes yet? I'm sorry. We're jumping the gun on this, but I, I need to know. I, you know, we don't.
2: We don't. My daughter knows what she wants to be. Perhaps, Well, she kind of knows what she wants to be. She's very into Wonder Woman. So she's either going to be Wonder Woman or this very bizarre Things that I'm trying to understand a little bit more about it, but it, his name is Yellow, and he's part of this like weird game called Rainbow Friends. I don't know if you've heard of it before. Good, no. you don't want to know about it. You don't need to know about it. It's nothing. But my daughter, my four-year-old daughter, is just obsessed with it. So she's like, I either want to be Yellow or I want to be Wonder <laughs> Woman. So they're two totally different things. One of them is like I could just go on Amazon and buy it. The other one, I have to create this thing. I don't even know what it is I know I will not be able to create it so I'm hoping we're going to go for Wonder Woman
1: yeah I totally get that my son is a character I don't know and he wanted to be one other character and we couldn't find the costume and so this was the most popular I guess from Mm -hmm. this thing and so we did find it but I see him in it and I'm just happy that he's happy because I couldn't even tell people what's going on with that costume (gasps)
2: Same here, same here. But you know, all kids know what it is. Like they're all like- That's oh, what I was missing. Insider
0: and so. <laughs>
1: Um, so this will be, and I'm curious about your answer for our next question, because we have um, plenty of guests who don't have social media or the social media is in private, you know, and that kind of thing. And so Mm -hmm. when we ask them this question, they kind of laugh and they're like, oh, you know, listeners would be surprised to hear anything about my life. But for you, you are sharing quite a bit, right? Mm -hmm. Online. And so I am curious what your answer is for something that listeners would be surprised to hear about your life.
2: I almost... Feel like I sound ridiculous like saying this, but even though I am very present online, which is something I never expected ever, um, I'm very private. Like I, okay. I really do keep a lot of my life to myself. For instance, you know, the fact that we document our lives every single day. I don't really show my friends. Um, I don't really show a lot of my family. Um if I ever do showcase certain things about what we're doing, I always do it after the fact, um, just because, I don't know, safety reasons and not that I ever really worry too much. But I think I like being able to have that moment with my family without any disruptions, if I can make that happen. Um, but I think it's really more, there's a, a lot of my life that I really like to maintain and keep private. Um, I With what we do, we like to say, like, we only share 10 minutes our day, you know, and and that's it. But also on Instagram, I only show certain things. I won't show everything. I never have shown everything. I don't share everything. And I like having that option. Um, I sounds silly saying that, like, I like having that option to only share what I want. But I think with what we do, a lot of people expect you to share everything. And they think it's almost their God given right to know everything. And one of the biggest things that I told My husband, when I came into this world with him, was that I'm, one, I'm always going to be genuinely honest, but I'm also going to be genuinely honest when I say, I'm not going to tell you everything. They're not going to know every aspect of my life. They're going to only know what I want them to know. So privacy. I'm still pretty private.
1: (laughs) I love that. I love it on two different levels. One, that you have the boundaries and you can like show just like what you're comfortable with for yourself. But also, so people know this is not the whole story. You know, it's just mm-hmm. a portion of what's going on in my life. I don't have to share everything, and I'm not sharing everything. And it's important for people to to understand that they don't owe you don't owe them anything, and also that it's not the full picture. So, No,
2: I agree with you 100. And I think too, you know, we all kind of experience this idea of social media that it is so perfect. Everything is so perfect, and. I think that the past couple of years, I think people have been more open-minded to sharing more intimate things about themselves, which I think is wonderful. So social media does have this, you know, has this very like blanketed, like life is perfect, look at me, everything's great. And then, it, but now it's kind of bringing in this other element where people are being more open and they're being more, um, they're sharing more and doing things like that. And I think that's very much up to the person sharing and you have that option and i i think people are kind of getting a little bit more into that like uh viewers or followers or you know um anyone who is following your journey i should say are they're getting a little bit better about that but you still have that option to hold back whatever you want and, and i i love that because i came into this world being a very much a people pleaser and so when i first started doing this i almost felt like i had to share everything you know like it was owed to them. And that's like part of what this is. Like, if I'm going to be doing this, I need to share every aspect of my life. And then I was like, no, I'm not going to do it. I just, I don't want to, I just, it stressed me out and I, and nobody deserves it. It's I'm allowed to share what I want and my family's allowed to share what they want. And and it kind of ends at that.
0: That also said sort of like lets you create the narrative and get ahead of it. Mm -hmm. And that's something that we've talked about. Um, on the show before is rather than people kind of deep diving into your life. I mean, consolation prize is not the right (laughs) terminology, (laughs) but it's, it's sort of actively giving them something and saying, okay, this is like what I choose to let you see. Mm -hmm. And that's enough. I also really think like the platforms where we share the information changes Mm -hmm. the lens for us, right? Like the things that I say on, you know, what used to be Twitter (laughs) <laughs> well, we're very different than the way I present myself on Instagram, just because mm-hmm. it's almost like a different group of friends. It's the way that mm-hmm. maybe you talk to this group of friends or the things that you connect on are different than these. So it's nice that you can kind of connect in different ways and and give what you want. I love that.
2: Mm-hmm. I think that's such an important thing that you just said, because obviously like I, I keep saying like with what we do for a living, we, we work on social media, which is so interesting because each platform is so different for us. So it's like YouTube for us, it's very, it's just normal. Like we're just being our normal selves, doing our normal things. And you, I half the time I'm like, I don't even know why people want to watch this. This is so weird. I'm not doing anything crazy. And you kind of expect that. Like, I always think that people want that craziness. Um, But I also feel like we're very PG. And then we do things on Facebook and TikTok and it's us as adults, like doing really stupid, (laughs) <laughs> my husband sometimes does stupid raunchy jokes and just making fun you know it's just like we're having fun like like really letting loose to where it's it is it's just a different group of, of friends as you say and and i love that i love that you get to see different elements of our life and like almost different or like different areas of our personality mm-hmm. um, a little bit more in certain areas to where you may not and another form of
0: social media So obviously, you know, we're getting a big glimpse into your present life. Your audience are following you guys through your lives. But mm. is there any information you can share with us, some background on your life from the past uh, and the future? Um, Past.
2: Well, I feel like I kind of touched base on it a little bit, right? I said I'm, I'm a very private person. Prior to doing this, I was incredibly private. Like, I mean, I just, you would have known anything about me except for my name and that was pretty much it you wouldn't even know really what I looked like because I just didn't really share anything what do you think like something about my past uh I I feel like a lot of people may or may not know this but I played basketball for a very very long time in my life I'm very athletic you did awesome Mm -hmm. yay that's awesome uh I'm super athletic and I love sports obviously you could probably tell that I love to be outdoors for my present I've gone, I mean, I feel like maybe people know this, but, um, in my past, I actually had, I developed a mosquito born virus and it was called dengue fever that almost killed me. And I was in the hospital for a really long time. Believe it or not, I was in Hawaii having the time of my life and then came home and got really sick and they couldn't figure out what was wrong with me. It was crazy. And, um, I conquered that, which was great. But oh. that was something from my past that I'm like, it was awful but i'm very proud to be able to sit here right now and say like look i'm tired from the mosquito which is really weird but i'm doing great and thriving and i would still go back to hawaii a million times over because it's amazing um my present the biggest thing that i'm proud of right now is one it's like raising my daughter um i'm so proud and i feel like that's such a cliche thing to say but we weren't even supposed to have kids and being that she's here and we get to do all these really cool things with her. I'm just so proud to be a mom. And I never thought I would be a mom. And I love it. Like I just, it's so crazy how life-changing it is, but in like such a positive way, I always say, I don't remember life prior to her that much. I feel like that's why I was like struggling with that first, what, what am I, and what am <laughs> I so proud of from my past? Cause I'm like, what was my past like prior to my daughter? Um, but I'm, I'm very proud of being her mom and just like seeing how cool she is and how um, smart and independent and unique she is. And I, I, I feel so proud that I was a part of that. Um, I'm also proud that I just did that hike in the Tetons. I like hiked through the mountains and slept with grizzly bears and did the craziest things I've ever done in my whole life. But yeah, that, that's it so far. And for future, I'm going to be really honest. I don't look too far into the future. I just kind of like live it day by day after that. so
1: that's That alone is good advice for people and advice that I need to hear like on <laughs> a daily basis. <laughs> so I appreciate that piece of wisdom. And I'm curious what other advice you might have for bandwives or spouses out there, whether it's tips, tricks, or encouragement.
2: So I think the biggest thing that I would mention to future girlfriends wives whatever it may be is that i think keeping that line of communication open but also like remembering to give each other a little space you know when my husband started going on tour we had to kind of figure out how to maintain our relationship Um, that wasn't just like texting we always tried to at least facetime each other you know if we didn't do it every day like at least every other day and i think that seeing each other really helped like actually seeing each other's face rather than just hearing each other's voice really helped out tremendously also and i don't know if this <laughs> helped me or not but you know we started dating right when he was going on tour so for quite a few months in that first year that we were dating he was gone I and mean, he was probably gone seven months out of the year so we had to really get down to like the nitty-gritty of, of getting to know one another and we really tried to make that effort to give each other at least like a day if we could, at least like ten to fifteen minutes a day, which doesn't seem like a lot, but making sure that you give each other like undedicated time and, and really seeing each other um by like FaceTiming really I feel like helps strengthen and keep the relationship normal. Um, I think a lot of women are so afraid of my husband's in a band and he's on a road on the road and there's like a lot of women. And I don't know, I, I I think trust, you just have to have the trust. You really do. You have to have the trust and you have to have the trust both ways. You know, you have to make sure that he can trust you and you can trust him. And I know it's not easy, but I don't know. I, I almost don't even feel like being a, you know, a, a band wife um, is any different than being a normal wife. You know, I mean, it's just your husband's going to work every single day or whatever it may be. It's to me, it's not that much different. It's just, treating it the same way but if you aren't going to be around each other for an allotted amount of time like making sure you do dedicate a little bit of time to one another like facetiming was just our it was our tea it was the thing we had to do we made sure we did it as much as possible
0: so what does that look like when he is away now do you still document how does that change things up does he document on his side like
2: yeah we do so it's really great he actually documents when he's on tour and then I document at home and then we kind of integrate it together which is kind of cool so you can kind of see us both living our lives at the same moment and it's really funny how different it is I I mean when (laughs) I'm editing I'm like this I'm over here like washing my dishes and he's like I am in front of 15,000 people I'm like oh my life is so boring (laughs) I just did two loads of laundry look at me (laughs) um but yeah we still do and it's great I think people kind of like it too because it's like You get the normalcy so it's like you connect with people on that level but then you also give them this form of of entertainment that's so unique and so fun that maybe they don't get to see and seeing behind the scenes from what he does too and it almost makes him and the band and and the people in that um career more normal as well because you get to see like yeah they're they're big famous people but they are normal people too. Like they play video games and they work out and they're, you know, they're lazy or, you know, they they forget to do, you know, things like that.
1: Yeah, I totally agree. If I think if our podcast does anything, it shows that they're just normal people, (laughs) that everyone's just normal people doing their life. Very normal.
0: We're all the same. We're all just trying to figure things out and pivot and do better. And so Mm -hmm. it's really, I think, important to humanize everybody dehumanize
2: ourselves you know absolutely and I think it's so hard too because that's the thing about social media right it's it dehumanizes you almost in a sense it really does and it puts you on a pedestal that you never really even asked for um and and then you almost feel like you have to meet these unrealistic expectations because that's what people expect you to be. And and it's difficult. And and I, I think that's kind of why I love what we do too, because it does, like you said, it it humanizes everyone and it makes them understand, like, yeah, we this is what he does, but he's still like a dad and a guy, and he's a husband, and he's a person, you know, he's yeah. a son, he's a brother, he's all these different things. And so it's it's wonderful to be able to show both sides of his world in our world together.
0: That's really great. And I'm sure that fans are grateful for that glimpse too. Cause it's fun. Yeah, <laughs> they love it. <laughs> um, okay. So now we're going to get into the big one. Um, what do you <laughs> know to be true about yourself, the world and the universe? I was
2: really thinking about this question. Um, I think the biggest thing that I know about myself is that I'm extremely, extremely, capable of making mistakes and I used to be very hard on myself about that I like I said I was a people pleaser and just I never really accepted um the idea I guess it would be of of making mistakes like I always felt that as a fault and it was a terrible thing and it was just um me a bad person or um it was just all the negative thoughts that came with that and as I've gotten older, I've just like realized like making mistakes is just is just what kind of turns me into the person that I am, and that it helps build me uh, internally and externally by making mis- these mistakes. And I learned so much more about myself. And you know, I, I I learned that I'm a very caring person, and I'm a very loving person, and and that I'm a strong person. I think that's a big thing too. Is that I do know that I'm a very strong person with a lot of things that I've gone through in my life, and. I'm very proud of that. Like, I, I think the biggest thing that I know about myself is as, I almost feel like this sounds snotty, but I'm like, I am very proud of myself and like, what have I come, what I've accomplished in my life so far and what I've gone through in my life so far and being able to just continue through it. Um, do I know about the world to be true? It is ever changing. <laughs> um, it is ever changing. It's never going to be, it's never going to be the same. I think that. A lot of us can dwell on the negative and we can dwell on just all the horrible things that are going on in this moment and we tend to forget like tomorrow's a new day and that it can be completely different and we can start completely different and i think that's what i love about the world is that it's just it's ever-changing and it almost is a it's almost a positive thing that it's ever-changing that's a that's such a wonderful thing to experience and understand and be a part of and as for the universe what i know about the universe oh my gosh no matter what i think the universe has our back i really firmly believe that i really do i feel like the universe always has our back even in our hardest moments you know you can go through some awful shit i mean just one after the other and you're like when am i going to get a break and i almost feel that the universe does it for a reason and it's whether it's to make you stronger or you learn something from it or I don't know. I mean, it's, it just always has your back. The universe always has your back.
1: Beautiful. Those are killer answers. (laughs) Completely (laughs) completely on board with everything. When you said that you were snotty for believing in yourself and that you're a good and strong person. I immediately thought of the Barbie movie (laughs) when they're like getting the awards and she gets like the, you know, whatever. It was like some scientific award or the Pulitzer. And she's like, I deserve this you know, and yes, I think yeah. that we need to bring a lot more of that energy into yeah. acknowledging that we're you're a good person or a beautiful yeah. person or a strong person. And, but the mistakes thing, I think that's how you get there. I, it's mm-hmm. when we were talking about the internet, I was kind of thinking like people don't let other people make mistakes because they are blind to their own. They judge their own, they ignore mm-hmm. their own. And I feel like that is, a difficult place to be in life when you can like kind of get over that hurdle and be like, damn, I'm not perfect. And I can still love myself and still give myself grace. And then that makes it much easier to love other people when they make Very mistakes. Much so. so I definitely related to that.
0: I was thinking the exact same thing about like loving yourself and being proud of yourself. It starts with you. It's like, you can't change mm-hmm. or control anything else in the world. You can't know truth about anything else if you don't know truth about yourself. So yes, percent, hundred percent.
2: I love that. We all feel this way.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We need an episode where, you know, it's just like, talk about how you're a good. How proud we
0: are of ourselves. How like, proud you know we
1: what? are. Proud. Yes. I got out of
2: bed today and I brushed my hair and I brushed my teeth, you know, because it doesn't happen all the time. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, I know. I told Chandra the other day, I was like, she sent me a box and I want to do like, you know, that social media <laughs> reveal and open. And I'm like, girl, I cannot do that until I shower. And I <laughs> am not sure. <laughs>
0: going to take at least a week. <laughs> like we're all <laughs> I was proud I sent that box in a timely manner. That's the first so time I've ever it. done I really it. I know, right?
2: <laughs> See, we have to give each other credit because credit is due. Those are like small victories. I think we all forget to take those little small victories, but they're
0: they're victories. Yes.
1: There was a meme going around that was like, we our kids are like, they'll ruin our international vacation or we won't sleep for a month, but then like it all bounces out and we're like, you know sylvie put her socks on today or like <laughs> the smallest victories with kids like they ate all of their dinner versus yeah. like the biggest catastrophes and it all evens out
2: listen i was excited last time my daughter goes i would like broccoli for dinner and i like i looked at my husband and i was like she asked for it like i usually have to like say i'll give you chocolate chips yes. if you eat like two pieces of this and she's like you know what i feel like broccoli today i'm like amazing i like i cried a little bit i was
1: a little emotional over it i was like this is so amazing you're doing something right
0: the little things thank you you. (laughs) as lifelong learners and also big fans of ordering wine in other languages misha and i tried to learn as much italian as possible before our writing trip this year now we're studying portuguese too and are so excited to partner with babble.com language for life to offer 55% off subscriptions to our listeners as band wives and women who honestly can't sit still. We're loving their online classes and app-based lessons for learning on the road and on the go. They also have podcasts and games. And if you listen to our podcast, you know, we can't get enough of those. We're hooking you up with discounted memberships so that you can learn to order Vino Tinto anywhere in the world. Visit bandwivespod.com backslash babble to sign up today.
1: Okay, we're moving on to the lighter portion of the interview, some easier questions, maybe. Um, I'm curious what you are binge watching, reading, or listening to right now.
2: Okay, so binge watching, I just I binge watch like Parks and Rec and The Office and 30 Rock. And I just like, those are like on constant rotation in my house. I just love them. It's one of those things I could be like a like, dinner center and it's in the background. And I, I just know the entire episode, I can like visualize it in my head. Um, but I'm also listening to this podcast and it's called Disappeared. It's like a crime podcast. And I started listening to it on our road trip. And I've just, first I started in the second season and went through that. And now the first season has like 45 episodes and I've just been nonstop listening to that because i just it's all unsolved things and it always kind of disappoints me i think because i'm like they're not they don't have any information and it makes me so mad but i'm like i have to listen to the next one i need to know what happened what happened to clara where is clara how did she just like disappear one day you know but those are the things that i've been i don't know how
1: you guys do it i don't know how you do it i would never sleep i would never take a walk again i'm too much of a chicken (laughs)
0: I love it. Literally, if it is a crime, I don't care if it is like somebody took a Kit Kat from the store. I want to hear about it. <laughs> so do I. Need to know because
2: it's like the lead up. It's like, yes. how did he get to the store? Why did he choose the Kit Kat? There's that's always the a story, and if that's what I've been learning. Is it's like 24 hours prior to the disappearance, you can know, you can learn so much. And I'm like, now I feel like I need to be an investigator or something. Like that's my next career. Is I'm going to be just a private
1: investigator
2: and figure all this stuff out. <laughs>
1: I can see you. Yeah. I can see you doing that. Like you could have the documentary about you trying to solve these.
2: Thank you so much. I'll let you know when it comes out.
0: Yeah. (laughs) This is we do an audition tape right now. Did you guys what? Maybe not you, Misha, but did you watch the one about the Amber Alert case? Yes. The fact that they already had a camera crew filming them Oh, there's, and there's so many out there that I've been watching
2: recently. I couldn't even name them all because I've, I've gone down the rabbit hole of different documentaries from, I sound like such a morbid person, but like from killers and serial killers and, you know, murders and all these crazy things. But it's just, they're so interesting to me. And then it's, it's so interesting what they find out and what they discover along the way. And then I, the one thing that kills me though is when they don't figure out why certain things happen and I'm like, I feel like this is my job now. Like I need to go and figure it out because there's this whole world. I don't know if people know there's this whole world of like private investigators online and they're just like normal, you know, civilians that are like, you know what? I'm gonna do some research and I'm gonna figure this out. And I
0: feel like that's my next step in life. <laughs> it's like that must love cats documentary. Or don't uh, uh, don't fuck with cats. I'm sorry. Totally different. I, just oh, merged. I could not watch that. <laughs> it's brutal but Does something happened
1: to a cat.
0: Yes. Many things happen to oh, cats, um, no. but it's essentially this like serial killer in the making who starts hurting animals online and posting these videos. And people mm-hmm. are like, do not fuck with cats. Like, and so this group of amateur cat lovers, it, yeah. sleuths. Yeah. We're like, all right, yeah. we're going to find this guy based on these videos. And like, they're looking at the the plugs in the back mm-hmm. of the video to see what country he's in the blanket he has on the bed. Mm-hmm. Like they're, deep diving and they end up finding out like where this guy is and they see that his crimes are sort of escalating um -hmm. and then he murders somebody and they've been telling the police he's right here he's going to kill somebody next you need to like get him it's crazy it was just unreal how much more they were able to find than the police it's
2: it's actually really wild the amount Of information that just like I said, normal civilians on the internet can discover. And it's like, some of them almost seem like, why could the police not figure this out? Like, Mm -hmm. why are they not doing the type of research that they're doing? But it is really incredible. I mean, not to throw it back on me, but like when I had dengue, the doctors didn't figure it out. People that watched our video are the ones who figured out my diagnosis. What? Yes. And then they ran a test and they're like, yep, that's what you have. Get out of town. I swear it was it's crazy. It's like, it's amazing what they can, it's terrifying. It's, it really is. It's kind of terrifying to know what people on the internet can do with the information that they have, but it's also so incredible. And my husband always talks about, it. he's like, that you, I don't think they would have known what you had unless the internet had said something. Cause he it was like my seventh day in the hospital and he mentioned it and they, he's like, you know, I know this is like nothing and I'm not a doctor, but what if it's dengue fever? Because it had never been, from my understanding, um, my case was like the first case in the continental United States for dengue fever.
1: And came from um, Hawaii.
2: Yes. Right? And yeah. so yeah, and it's, it's a, such a foreign thing. And it's usually overseas. And it's like, oh, if you have dengue fever, take this shot or whatever, and you're fine. And it's like a $15 thing. And being that it was not known or present in the continental United States, nobody need to look for it. So, but yeah, I got diagnosed by the internet and that's how wild people are. I mean, like, it's crazy that they can do that. So I'm not surprised by any means that within that documentary, it was just normal people
0: who figured it out. Guys, I'm not going to derail this episode. We're doing so well, but (laughs) I just had a business idea. It's a social media app. We call it diagnose me. And you can give up your HIPAA. You can waive like your HIPAA rights for whatever. Mm-hmm. Share your symptoms, share your blood test, like share whatever mm-hmm. you want about these different symptoms that you're having mm-hmm. that doctors are stumped on. And people could write in and be like, have they tested you for this? Have they look, checked this? I think that's such a brilliant idea. I mean, case in point, like it's yeah. just,
2: we would have never known. We would have never known. So I, I'm i all for
1: it. Right. Yeah. Because it. it's like, It's like, just, you're not like telling them what to do. You're just saying test for this. You're not like being the doctor, you know, you're just like, yeah, take the test. See if it's this.
2: Exactly. And they're not diagnosing you. They're just helping. Yeah. Giving you a pathway.
1: Cause so many women have that problem. It's known, you know, it's like known that like with certain conditions and certain things, like they cannot get help. They can't get the right test. Mm -hmm. They can't get the, so it could be kind of empowering.
0: Yeah. And
2: I think too, sometimes in it, and it's nothing against doctors by any means, but it's symptoms are so unique. So it's like you can have 10 symptoms and that could yeah. apply for thousands of different things, you know, and you can test for those thousands of different things, but there could still be one other, something that you haven't tested for that, that could be it. And I think that that's right. the hardest part. Yeah, yeah,
1: you can't really blame them not for, t- for not testing dengue fever. You I, know, it's not funny, but it's like, why it would that so. come yeah. yeah, right. It's
2: hilarious. It's like, I'm, well, like, I'm like, dengue? I'm like, what is this dengue? I think I even, I said it wrong for the first couple of times because like when they told us, we're like, dengue? Have you ever heard of dengue? <laughs> yeah. And they're like, what? I'm like, yeah. dengue, you know, do you know what that is? So, you said
0: it no. and I was like, oh, that's how you say it because I can see how it's spelled. <laughs> uh, like, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
1: yeah,
0: that's crazy. It goes back to sort of like, if you haven't gone through the experience and you don't know what to look for and you're not passionate about this thing, it's just like police. Like, you know, they're overwhelmed. Doctors are overwhelmed. They don't so have the time in this country to like deep dive into people, even though they that should be what they have time for. If we're going to do GoFundMe, we might as well crowdsource our health. I, you guys I think it's a brilliant idea. Mark Cuban, yeah. if you're listening, if you want to <laughs> like- build this
1: site. Give a shout. (laughs) Throw some cash. Not to derail the conversation again, but speaking of like them being overwhelmed or not having like the resources, I was taking a walk as I do every day, and I saw a man sitting. I have to tell someone this story. I saw a man sitting on the curb, and he looked drunk. And it was noon on Monday, and I was like, didn't feel good about. I do a lap, and so I was like, I don't know if I should walk around again. Like just how and I was like I'll do one more but I'm gonna look because I have to go across this water bridge and I'm like I'm just gonna look and and make sure he's not like there and so I come around again and a woman is filming him telling him that she's scared and he is yelling at her from across her fence so I ran down one of my friends lives on that street ran down tried to get her husband because his car was there but he was out of town so my friend came out with me she's just just uh, fearless apparently because she's on the phone with the police I didn't have my phone because I walk without it which I shouldn't and so she's on the phone to the police screaming at the man to not cross the go over the fence because he's trying and on the phone with the police he's like going in the back of this truck pulling stuff out I don't know what's going on um it was really scary and so we're like waiting there and then we go get you know a bunch of people in this neighborhood go get a couple like construction workers you know Mm -hmm. this guy lives on the street they're trying to talk to him The police do not come for like an hour. He is gone in the backyard of this and like laying down or something. And then the police come and he's screaming at them. And there's an ambulance, fire trucks. An hour later, she had gone in the house and locked the door.
2: I think a lot of times, like, that's the thing that, and I almost feel like I'm going to get so much crap for saying this, but I, I don't know why people don't take women seriously. It really bothers me. Like, I, I, that is the one thing. I used to be a people pleaser and now I speak up and I have no problem speaking up anymore. I have no problem saying how I feel, I have no problem saying that I'm uncomfortable. I have no problem telling people not to do something or if they're making me, you know, feel like I'm in danger. Um and that is something that I'm instilling in my daughter. I'm like, "You speak up." And I I always say that to her. I'm like, "You don't want to talk to somebody? You don't need to talk to somebody. If you don't want to say hello, you don't need to say hello. If someone makes you scared? Do not go by them." And it's unfair. I mean, it's so unfair. But I really do. I think that their society has kind of made women like dramatic, or you know, it's really not that big of a deal. And maybe it is like you know. I'm not saying it's like the police are terrible or anything like that, but it's it is kind of frustrating. I mean, like if you're calling and you're frightened, you're frightened. You're you're afraid That is fight. That is fight or flight. You know, and it's like the, your body is responding to something and telling you you are in danger. That should be enough right there.
1: Yeah. So. I mean, we live in the middle of Charlotte and I'm like an hour. What if something had happened? And it's like civilian patrol over there, you know? Mm-hmm. And so I just was shocked. But yeah, it was like a woman on the phone saying there was a man. And then the other lady had already called the police and the construction workers because that guy See, was driving crazy. and almost killed one of them. Yeah, you guys, it was crazy. Crazy. And I just, it made me scared, which I love your advice. And I need to, I'm was a people pleaser. Like I was got put in situations when I was younger, when I knew a guy was drunk or violent or unsafe Mm -hmm. and I would laugh or smile Mm -hmm. and it got me in more trouble. You know, it was dangerous. And yeah, and so I, I need to get better at that. My friend was like screaming at him and pointing and I was like, but yeah, well, you know, what's the other option?
2: I think society makes women feel that we have to be a certain way and not complain and not speak up. And when it comes to your safety and your health and, you know, just your presence, I think it is so important to speak up. And I I just don't give a shit anymore. You know, if if I'm uncomfortable, I have no problem telling people like, you are making me uncomfortable. You need a back. I I just really don't anymore. And I wish I wish more people were like that. And don't get me wrong, I have to work on it every day. I'm not always like that, but I try my best. If there's especially if it's an uncomfortable situation or it's something that maybe somebody is doing that I don't agree with that's harming another person, especially whether it's physically or mentally or emotionally. I I know that sometimes like putting yourself in a situation that's not necessarily yours, but people can't always speak up for themselves. And I I definitely don't want someone to get harmed because I was too afraid to not say something.
1: Yeah, that's how I felt I, like saw her filming him. And, and I'm like, well, I can't just I can't help her really right now mm-hmm. on my own. And so I just like, went, you know, to get the help and the phone. And I was like, it's, is it sad that I went to go look for her husband instead of her, you know,
2: no, when she
1: actually, like kicked some ass, you know, but it's like, mm-hmm. I just, it's, it's a hard reality mm-hmm. process.
2: You did the right thing, though. Like you did what you knew was best. And you went to get help. And that's, that right there is standing up and doing what you need to do to ensure not only your safety, but the safety of somebody else. So applaud yourself.
1: This is a, this is a proud moment. That's what you should be having right now. is a proud yeah. moment. Well, it was more that the police took an hour and I'm like, what if What well, anything could have unfolded? He was belligerent. <sighs> oh,
2: that's awful. I'm so sorry.
1: Anyway, yeah. we might cut what this else? out, but I just felt like I had to share.
2: That. No, I think it's important to share. And it's sad. It's sad that it took him that long when clearly people were in distress and it wasn't like it was and, and not that that even matters it's not even that it matters that one person called it's like multiple people called like this yep, is a, three it's not multiple people called and you guys are not taking this serious because yeah. I can only imagine that the police station I don't obviously I don't well, know where live, but I can imagine it's not an hour away because we know how it's everywhere no
1: <laughs> but to be fair we finally all all the people who's witnessed it came out you know and we're talking to the police and he's like the bank got robbed in town." And so <laughs> by the same guy at the same, I don't know, maybe, but they were like, so that never happens. And so you're we just like, uh, okay. I was like, well, all right. I mean, okay. What is this? 1876.
2: <laughs> <laughs> right. I don't think I, I don't remember the last time I heard that. I was like, I don't even think you can actually
0: still rob a bike. I feel know. Like that's almost impossible.
1: <laughs> yeah. He
0: anyway. had like pantyhose on his head. Wild yeah. West over
1: here. I okay, it really <laughs> is.
0: <laughs> I
2: I can't wait to tell you that that. like, so there's banks that got
1: robbed.
0: Can you believe it?
1: <laughs> yeah, and, and right in Charlotte, apparently. Yeah,
0: next to the gold mine.
1: Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and the river. Yeah. All right. Are we asking questions? Okay, yes still? we're going. We hopped on the yeah. train and they
2: were out of it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah
1: they hopped on the boxcar. Yeah. <laughs> we're getting back. We're getting
0: back, guys. Come on, ride Drop back to question ten. Yeah. Oh, nice. Mm-hmm. Um. This one, either you feel very good with or it's a very hard question for some people. What would your theme song be? I think it depends on the day. Uh,
2: <laughs> um. Oh my gosh, I don't know if I can answer this one because I feel like my, my theme song would be an instrumental, like something from This Will Destroy You. Um I'm not sure if you're familiar with This Will Destroy You. Um, yeah. And the reason why I say it would be an instrumental is one, sometimes my life has, there are no words. Like, you know, there's like I just can't explain it. It's just, you know, um, and the reason why I say it's an instrumental is it would probably be the mighty Rio Grande, which is a very elongated song. It starts slow, then it gets crazy, then it slows down, then it gets crazy, then it slows down. And I feel like that very much mimics my life, like where it can be very easy and calm and I would call it normal and then complete chaos erupts you know? And then there's just like really beautiful moments that come from that chaos. And then it goes back and it calms down again. So I feel like it. that would probably be the theme song to my life, which doesn't give a lot of background. But if you listen to the song, you'll know what I'm talking about. It is 11 minutes. So just prepare yourself. If you haven't listened to them, it's it's music that will change your life. It's beautiful. Oh, wow. That's a, that's a tall order right there. <laughs> it is. It's beautiful. If you like instrumentals, it's it's very, very beautiful. Yeah very post rock that's kind of like their vibe is post rock it's really i really love them like
1: explosions in the sky vibe very similar
0: yeah okay very similar
1: very very similar
0: putting it in my phone right now because i always say i'm gonna listen to things or i'm gonna check things out and then Mm -hmm. i instantly it's like when somebody introduces themselves and you're like "Uh uh-huh yep immediately gone um i do that same thing i'm trying to be better so i'm putting it in my phone right it's called this will destroy you
2: and the song is the mighty rio grande it's just beautiful but you know i'm not saying like my life is always beautiful but that song is beautiful but it's like chaos
1: you know (laughs) yeah i like that all right our final question for you one small thing or guilty pleasure that you look forward to when charles is on the road
2: i just like to have the house to myself i feel so bad but i love that when he's gone i can kind of I could order pizza, sit on the couch, and watch whatever like horrible reality show that I want to watch without him making fun of me. Like Love Is Blind is like my go-to right oh. now. When he's gone for like two hours, I'm like, I'm gonna just like start going my own dream put on Love Is Blind real quick, oh and my God. catch up on what's going on. Even though I don't ever watch any of those other shows, but that one just sucks me in for some reason. I, I have no love idea. It.
1: I love it. I can't wait for the new episodes. I'm like, what is gonna happen in season I know. five?
2: it's terrible. And I'm like, I never used to like these things. Like I never got into the Kardashians or all those things or housewife things. But this Mm -hmm. one show has just sucked me in because I'm like, are you really in love? Like do you guys really love each other without seeing each other? And then when you see each other, do you really love each
0: other? The idea is so pure, you know, because the other ones it feels like, Oh, this is garbage. Like this is, and obviously this one is also made for people to fail and screw each other over. However, premise it feels like it could be mm. philanthropic could have yeah. good intentions and you're like yeah. oh these people just want to find love and uh, and they are just I can't see. help but be human and awful to each other and I yeah. feel like
2: too I used to prior to doing what I do now I used to work for a dating company for a really long time a nationwide dating company so I think I kind of like got sucked into it because I'm like I almost felt like in a sense it was what we did but it wasn't you know and so I um I just I think I got so drawn into it from that. And I'm like, you know, I remember these questions that we would ask people. I'm like, no, nope, he's gonna there's gonna be a deal breaker right here. They're not gonna wanna see each other again or whatever mm-hmm. it mm-hmm. may be. So it kind of sucked me in because of that. I'm like, I'm almost analyzing all of them. I'm like, I'm not a relationship, I'm not a relationship specialist, I don't know what's <laughs> going on, but I'm now this one will fail. They're not gonna like each other. <laughs>
1: Yeah, mm. I'm with you. I love that show, and I also never got into reality TV. Really, I haven't watched any of those mm. shows you mentioned, but I do love Jewish matchmaking, Indian matchmaking, the Married at First Sight, and Love Is Blind because they're older people. And so, mm. like my friend was like, "Watch Love Island," and I watched an episode, and I was like, Well <laughs> no!" But they're like 22, and I'm like, "What are they gonna? Do? What What are they gonna they don't do? Love each like, other? They, don't, they can't. They can't <laughs> love anything right now, but." Those shows I enjoy because they're like a little mm-hmm. bit older. They are ready for marriage. And Love Island mm-hmm. is fun if they like want to date or whatever. And my friend yeah. swears by it. So I'm not saying I've <laughs> literally started dating Adam when I was 22. So no one get offended. But I, um, <laughs> but I, that's why I like those. I, they, it's yeah. a little more permanent too. Like they're actually yeah. ready for marriage. They're actually yeah. co- being ready to commit. Cause the other mm-hmm. ones kind of feel like, you know, fuck boys or whatever. No,
2: hundred percent. One hundred
0: percent. The perspective too is kind of interesting. Cause sometimes somebody will do something and I'm like, Oh, do I do that? Like, let me let's mm-hmm. kind of reflect this yes. in. It's nice to be able to see like relationship triggers from the outside. Yeah. In a in a scenario where they actually are trying to make it work. And even though it's new, mm-hmm. I mean, sometimes there's not like the chemistry of of like new love in those, but they're still trying to be mm-hmm. like very diplomatic about it. So I feel like sometimes yeah. I learn things.
2: Yeah, absolutely. I, yeah. Most of the time yeah. to point. do, but <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say there's like a lot of points that you're making Because I'm like oh, did I ever do that in my past relationships? That's probably yeah. why it didn't work out. Or like now I like <laughs> that I do a charm. Like, I'm so sorry. You know, I think okay. sometimes I need to be a little bit more open-minded, to blah blah blah, blah. Yeah. Anything so crazy, it's like yeah. you watched that show again, didn't you? And you are like,
1: uh, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> Same thing. I always like find watching their arguments obviously uncomfortable, but you can really see how they are not even talking about the same thing, or they're really not trying to hear each other. or they're And you can see it unfolding. And it makes you think about your own, you know, arguments or tough spots, because you're like, wow, they are not trying to come together. They are not trying to hear each other. They're not communicating at all. And I find that very interesting, because then, yeah, when it happens to me, and I'm like, all right, can I repeat what he said? Can I am I really hearing what's going on? Because you can Mm -hmm. see it play out in those conversations.
2: Very Very much. I totally agree.
1: Okay, we're learning
2: from Love is Blind. Who would have thought?
1: (laughs) Well, this was really, really fun.
0: Well, thank you so much for having me. I really enjoyed it. Yeah, I'm really glad it worked out. And I hope you get settled back in, gosh, six weeks. All the to-dos. I'm embracing getting
2: settled in and catching up on all the things I need to catch up on. Love is Blind. Love is Blind! (laughs) (laughs) Bye. Bye. Take care. Bye.